0: All right, so so let's start recording, huh? All right, Sean, you got it. I'm already going, bro. Oh, you already going? All right, so let me hit record then. Three, two, one. Hey, welcome to the Unchurched Podcast, where your hosts, Michael and Sean, discuss issues of church, life, and religion. No subject is off limits, and our honesty and humor drives our discussion. We welcome you to sit in on the conversation and laugh with us as we challenge serious things. So pour your drink, kick your feet up, and let's get started with the show.
1: So me and Kevin and Laurel, because Kevin is Laurel's husband. Yeah. And Laurel is the fan club of prez. Yeah. Anyway, we were doing like a quick little, hey, let's make everything, make sure everything works before we actually record. So we're chit-chatting and then Kevin is like, yo, you guys are saying it right the whole time and I'll let you take <laughs> over, Kevin.
2: <laughs> it was hilarious because you kept like, you're like, what's it called? Where you get it mounted they're like it's taxidermy and he's like no i don't think that's it and i am i am dying laughing i'm like you guys just said it. and they're like oh no I, you know when you get it like stuffed and mounted, what what do you call that and like, taxidermy no and i was i was rolling cuz <laughs> i'm like you guys keep saying it you're, you're correct <laughs> you got it but,
0: uh, that's, that's what would do to you
2: <laughs>
0: so so i was totally convinced that there was another name other than taxidermy but um well apparently yeah, it's like, just mounted like you mount it
2: yeah yeah i mean you guys had I many taxidermists is the one that does it but they actually call it a, you know a mount like a deer mount coyote mount uh whatever you got done. that's that's what they actually call it yeah
0: see i thought it was like a um what do you call it like a i thought there was a difference like between a texas mount or something like that or a
2: well, oh, the, well, you're—I mean, for deer, there's what they call a European mount, which is just the skull and the antlers.
0: That's it.
2: That's yeah. That's the only other other thing. Yeah, the European mount.
0: Okay, European mount.
2: And I do have one of those too.
0: Yeah. You didn't
2: bring it down badass.
0: to the basement.
1: <laughs> Rude.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that should be hung up right behind your head. <laughs> <laughs> right now for this recording yeah head. yeah i love the coyote though man that's badass for sure hey,
2: you know uh laura was against the coyote at first and i always told her i said hey i said why don't we get one and we can put it in bed with us and she looked at me crazy i said then that way you can say you go every you know when you go to bed you got an animal with you hey <laughs> <laughs> uh, Oh my god, that's awesome. So we compromise and it's in the basement. Uh,
0: alright, alright, alright. I tell you what, Kevin man, it is a pleasure to meet you, brother. You too. Yeah. I'm like, dude, this is my idol. I don't care.
1: Yeah, we kinda we kinda skipped the formal meeting, didn't we?
0: Uh, yeah, that's alright.
2: Hey, hey, we I'm, kinda met already once.
0: Yeah, I was nerding out, man. That's all good to me. A fellow hunter. I mean, I don't care for the green bay in the background, but
3: <laughs> Yeah.
0: How many times have Green Bay beat Detroit Lions on Thanksgiving Day? I don't know. How many Thanksgivings (sighs) has there been?
2: (laughs) 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 Yeah,
1: there's a lot. And I'm more of a Lions fan than a Green Bay fan, but come on, you know.
0: Yeah. Well, you can't win them all. That's right. And according to the Lions, you can't win a few either. (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah, they had uh, didn't they have a few seasons where they didn't win a game at all?
0: Oh, it was only one season where they didn't win a game one. at all. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah.
2: But, like, the next year or the previous year was only, like, two or three. I think, uh, yeah,
0: well, yeah, yeah. You know, who's counting? Who's counting? A few rough Kevin. Years. Kevin hey, is counting.
2: Have, <laughs> hey, you'll have that. I'm a Cub fan. I know what it's like to have rough years in <laughs> sports. Well, at least
0: the Cubs won. A well, few yeah, years but it only ago. took
2: them 108 years. I mean, how long has Lions <laughs> been
0: around? Oh, God. About the same amount of time. We haven't won anything since the 50s. So,
2: well, yeah, yeah. more years.
0: Yeah, you got to take the good with the bad, I guess. <laughs> yeah. According to some people.
2: Speaking
1: of
0: football, man, it's coming.
3: Yeah.
0: Oh, it's already started. Wow. Lions are already 0 2, so we're good.
2: <laughs> Preseason. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, at least one thing they're consistent.
0: Yeah, they're consistent. <laughs> we we lost against the uh, the um, the Pats, thirty one to three, and then uh, we just lost last night. At the point of this recording, we lost last night against the Texans. But um, at, le- at le- I think we scored twenty three points and still lost.
2: So. Yeah. It doesn't mean a whole lot. It's preseason. Yeah, you know, the starters only play in maybe one series.
0: Well, so so I've heard that that rationale so many times, but the zero sixteen season that you just hurt me by bringing up, they won four and zero on the preseason.
2: Well, see, so see again, that doesn't preseason doesn't mean anything.
0: <laughs> <laughs> four and zero on preseason, zero and sixteen for the rest of the season. That 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 will go down in history as a record, mm-hmm. and uh, we're all heartbroken as a result, no doubt. So, it's all good. Sean Dizzle. Mikey Hizzle. All right, brother. How about we get this thing started all the way?
1: I think this thing's already
2: started, bro. Oh,
0: it's already started. All right. All right. So, Kevin, what's your favorite beer? What's that? What's your favorite beer?
2: Favorite beer? Uh, Miller Lite. Yeah. (laughs) Michael's
1: (laughs) judging you hard. (laughs) Miller. Yeah. Since we're talking about beer, I'm drinking a Schlafly right now. Shout out to the uh, St. Louis Brewing Co. Nice, and it's called The Eagle Has Landed, and uh, it's doing it's doing good things to me. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's it's nice.
0: I'm not judging. Miller Lite is one thing. My brother-in-law, that's all he drinks, is Miller Lite. So, as far as I'm concerned, you're my brother from another mother.
2: There you go. Hey. Peace out. Yeah, you know, there's nothing wrong with a good
1: cold Miller light. All right. That's my go to in the shitty beers. Oh, I won't I not even say shitty, but just you come know, on now. Come the on Lower on, level Sean. beers.
0: Oh, come on. Come on, Sean. Come on, Sean. Hey, how about this? I'm gonna give you a shout out. That's the champagne of beer, baby. No, that's the high life. Oh. Is it?
1: Miller High Life. It's it's a little different.
2: Yeah, it's, you know, I like Miller
0: High Life. That's not bad. High Life is different from Miller Light. Yes. Yeah. Oh, see, I was just trying to throw my boy a bone, man. I mean, come on now.
1: You're too bougie to even know your shitty beers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sipping on a, um, a nice KBS Founders today with my cigar.
3: <laughs>
1: and um, it's been barrel-aged four years. And then I actually spun it through... Yeah, they spun it through this weird wheat machine And now it's got some wheat Tendencies to it <laughs>
0: Alright, alright I was close
1: I'm busting both of y'all's balls Because I'm somewhere in between Where like Literally where I live around here If I go to a bar I'm pretty much I know everyone has Miller Lite And I like it as long as it's cold Sure. But when I'm somewhere where they actually, like, know about craft beers, I want to try some new shit. And, you know, Uh, give me a nice IPA. Let's do this thing. Kevin, you like IPAs? I think you told me earlier you didn't.
2: Not really. I mean, I've had most of them, and I I thought they should be used for, uh, you know, taking rust off of things. (laughs) 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 I mean, there was a couple good ones that I've tried, but most of them I don't really care for.
0: Hey
1: man, we we all have our things, you know.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Wow. Taking rust off, huh? Yeah. 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 Yeah.
1: Who's that little niño popping
0: around? Nino. What nino? Well, there he is.
3: Yeah. My buddy.
0: (laughs) What's up, sport?
3: Um, I don't see us on there. Yeah, that's right. They can see us. We can see
1: you. You are definitely on here, bro.
0: Yeah. Um. Awesome, dude. Awesome.
2: Made a cameo. Look at that. See.
0: Yeah. Now he's on for life. That's it. Right. His first appearance. So, Um, Kevin,
1: knowing that your youngin is behind you creepily, ready to bounce up behind your couch next to your mounted wolf face that's staring me in the eyes. I swear to God, he is right now. <laughs> do, do we need to censor ourselves or can we? Are we good no. to?
2: No, he's he, you're fine. All right,
0: but... Sweet. so your wife is the president
2: of the fan club, yeah. And let me tell you, I mean, listening to her interview, I, I mean, I have I can't hold a candle to her.
3: No, but,
2: <laughs> I don't know how you can. I mean, what's higher than the president, yeah? I mean, you know.
1: Jesus, that's the next step.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you know, married to the president. I can't I can't outdo her.
3: Yeah, it's all good. I've always I've
0: always heard that uh, the woman is the neck that turns the head. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I don't know how true that is, but, you know, it's all good. That's right. We can make it. We can make it work. So, all right, how about it, Sean Dizzle? You want to get down?
1: Let's get into the nitty gritty, bro. Let's get down to the nitty
0: gritty. You I've think I would have the? This episode.
1: Uh, you think I would have the the questions pulled up? But again, I don't. I never do. That's what I do. I don't ever do it. <laughs> 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 I actually was trying to rewrite them and then completely forgot to like reach out to you today and be like hey man look over the new ones yeah so if you just want to go with the old ones i'm good well, well, well so i'm looking
0: there. i've got it pulled up and i'm looking at both of them at both uh uh sets of questions but i gotta tell you kevin it, for me i'm excited about this interview because i'm like i was like so anxious to meet you i think this is awesome because i love the fact that you hunt you fish, you get it all done. And um, I want to ask you, first of all, when did you start hunting?
2: Um, I hunted a little bit with my dad when I was probably 14 or 15. He was a big squirrel hunter and deer hunter. Yeah. I did a little bit with him. I, I went squirrel hunting with him maybe three times or four times. And then um, right after I graduated high school, uh, when, I, when I was 18, um, just out of the blue you know I'd, I'd never gone hunting with, with him deer hunting but I just decided hey I want to give this deer hunting thing a try so I told him I said dad I want to start deer hunting with you and uh, so I got to a couple years he only I only got to do it with him for a couple years because he passed away shortly thereafter oh. but I had a good, a good two years to deer hunt with him and I got a little bit of stories you know and memories so it's all good
0: Oh man. I'm sorry to hear that, dude. That's man. That's, that's, that's heartbreaking. But I mean, to, to get, to be able to do a bunch of squirrel hunting and small game hunting with them, that had to be super cool.
2: It was cool. And a lot of times I didn't hunt, but they would rabbit hunt and that. And I would wear, um, there was like a hunting coat. It had like a pocket in the back. So you put your harvest in there. And a lot of times I would carry the harvest for them and be there with them. I just wasn't hunting. I was just with them, but I, I did that quite a bit too so i was always there just and and you know by doing that i really have a, an appreciation of nature and, and being in the in the woods and i find a lot of peace and enjoyment and it's where i do a lot of my uh free flow thinking is what i call it just out there let my mind wander and yeah and uh it's very peaceful Damn,
3: that is so cool. jesus <laughs> <laughs>
0: well uh, you know that's so cool to me because i've been um are are you done sean
1: I just got me i don't know why okay all right
0: all right cool so so for the last few years me and my son micah we've been talking about going hunting together and um there's a youth hunt in michigan i think you gotta be 12 years old in order to be able to do it but um and he my son would be 12 this at the end of this month on the 29th and um august 29th and i've been so excited i've been talking about it for years getting him to hunt with me and um and he's getting excited he's like daddy i'm almost 12 daddy i'm almost 12 we're gonna go hunting together and um you know so i've been trying to introduce him to small stuff so like you know i'll get a squirrel And I'll bring it home to him or, you know, whatever and get a squirrel. And and I don't tell my wife this. She doesn't know this, but um, I'll shoot a squirrel. She will now. (laughs) She will now. Um, I tried to get him to gut the last squirrel uh, that I got. And and he wasn't all that comfortable with a knife yet. Uh, But we did go camping earlier in this year and he got to shoot a 22 for the first time. Okay. And um, he was shooting a twenty two and he was like, you know, hitting the plates and he hit a couple cans off of stumps and stuff like that. And I, I can't tell you, dude, I, I was never more proud.
3: I know?
2: I know. the feeling. I know. I mean, uh, I'm slowly I try to I took Ethan bow hunting with me one time and yeah. and we actually got when he was fairly young. Uh, I just wanted him to experience it. But now that he's getting a little older, I took him fishing a couple of weeks ago. And he doesn't have a lot of patience in that. So I kind of explained to him, I'm like, let's go fishing. But I said, it's not really about fishing. It's just about us being together, us hanging out. And yeah. um, he, he actually caught three and I didn't catch any, but he told me three or four times during, he goes, Dad, I'm having a lot of fun. And I, that to me is worth you know more than than anything in the world because that's what it's all about is the bond and that yeah. time regardless if you're not getting anything, seeing anything, you know, that that's what it's all about right there.
0: Yeah, I agree. I, um, we broke our first pole together, going fishing. You know, I, I I bought an ugly stick and, uh, we were on the lake, Lake St. Clair and right off the docks. And, um, the seawall was pretty low. Unfortunately, the water was really low a few years ago and we're fishing. And I, Caught this big catfish and I gave the rod To him to let him bring It in it was a huge catfish And so he's pulling 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 almost lost the pole so I grabbed it with him we're pulling together And uh finally We get this big Big large catfish Coming up Out of the water finally got exhausted And then it just kicked Super hard and dove down deep Freaking broke the line and it was our first experience together, like breaking a pole. Yeah, you know, and I I can't take that back. It's like, no. dude, right. we broke a pole. We can buy a thousand poles. It doesn't matter. Right. But we we broke a pole together on a giant catfish on Lake St Clair. It was so much fun.
2: Yeah, so, and that's that's a memory that you'll have, you know, and that he'll have forever. No doubt about it. That's and that's like I said, what you can't take those away.
0: Right. We also, you know, so that, that squirrel, I tried to get him to gut. He wouldn't gut it. So I gutted it for him, but he did eat the heart. Okay. He shot it actually. So, so we got a squirrel that I trapped and I, I positioned the pellet gun for him and he shot the squirrel and killed it. I said, Hey buddy, you got your first squirrel. You gotta eat this. You gotta eat the heart. (laughs) <laughs> so i salt i sauteed it up with some onions and garlic you know mm. and uh some olive oil and he ate that heart It was a little bit chewy but you know yeah he ate his first heart from his first kill he killed a squirrel for the first time so can't beat it man
2: no that's you know that neck gutting thing yeah it's just uh that's a hard thing to do if you don't know what you're doing it takes a lot of practice
0: sure so do you skin it first or do you
2: Good, at I first so long. Um, we used to skin it first, yeah. Uh huh.
0: So, do you, you step on the tail? Yeah, pull yeah, yeah, okay. That's the way I've always done it.
2: Yeah,
0: step on the tail,
2: you just yeah, run the knife through the back by the tail, and
0: mm-hmm.
2: yep, and then step on it and pull it up.
0: Yep, yep. So, we just lost all our female listeners. <laughs> 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 That's the way I've only done. That's the only way I've ever done it. Step on the tail and uh, pull it all the way up. Gut it. Pull the feet out. Yep. And then and then then gut it. You
2: know. My dad always make it look easy. He was good at it, man. He just, I mean, he made it look like it was nothing.
0: Yeah, that's so cool, man.
2: And I know it's, I know it's difficult, but man, he sure, he sure made it look pretty easy.
0: Yeah, it's not easy at all, man. But you know, especially if you're not used to, you know gutting things and having you know blood on your hands and stuff like that you know it's it's kind of hard to to get it for the first time but I was fortunate dude I had some friends that were my 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 dad was in the military so he'd never wanted to touch a gun again after he got out of the military and so um so for for me I, I had some some older friends that took me hunting for the first time and um you know got to gut some some deer and see you know all that blood and the smell and just washing it out and doing all that stuff for the first time it was like you know tim allen oh, 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 oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah real man stuff yeah so it was fantastic so sean you want to jump in brother i'm on our instagram bro
1: i'm you doing social media instagram. right now <laughs> 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 also i've never actually been hunting so no as a 33 year old man i have nothing to contribute to this conversation dude this is gonna be
0: an it's gonna be an hour episode of hunting stories if you don't jump in and start talking i've (laughs) shot a
1: bird with a 22 and i've been fishing
3: (laughs) i've trapped a mouse
1: in my house twice Uh oh that's uh that's pretty much that's how raw I get right there. You you just that's it, you know what I mean? All right.
0: All right, so anyway,
1: then I guess I will uh keep
0: going. Well, so, we did
1: the whole let's get into the nitty gritty and that was like 15 minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> so do you even want to like get into the churchy stuff or do you want to just are. keep going? Cuz honestly, I'm down for either one.
0: Dude, I'm about to get into it right now with him Don't even do do it. it. Don't even do it. Stop teasing. uh, Yeah. The nitty gritty.
3: Let's get down to the nitty
0: gritty. To get down to
3: the nitty gritty. To get down to the nitty gritty. -gritty.
0: Good. That's where I like Let's get right to the nitty gritty. So, um, so obviously we're the on church podcast, but, um, can you tell us, Kevin about oh oh sorry by the way that we called you Keith and
2: oh Steve That's right. I, I went to school with a, uh, I went to school with a girl in high school for like three years she always called me Brian no way yeah no she always called me she and she she knew my name and I think she did it for so many years that she just would call me Brian so I've I've been called many things so it doesn't matter
0: dude we started off like Kevin Keith uh, I don't even know the other names that we called you ahead of time. Steve was one of them. Steve was
2: one of them. Steve, not it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Keith, you Keith get, I can understand, but Steve.
0: Yeah. It's all good.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> we got you on, finally. So, so tell us tell us how you came to know Christ. What's your story?
2: Okay. um, When I was think 11 or i wouldn't say i was 11 my grandma used to go to a church and we we moved when i was 11 years old and it just so happens that the church that she was going to was literally in our backyard there was a cyclone fence that separated it and then there was um like a big church lot and then there was a church and you know, being that we were right there and she asked me if I wanted to go with her to a service, you know, and so, you know, we did, or I did. And, and so that's how I got in to the you know, church and learned all that good stuff.
0: Sweet. So, so it was then pretty natural at that point,
2: then yeah. you
0: just hop the fence and get on over there.
2: Yeah. I mean, literally just open the, Open the fence and the church, and I'd meet her there and sit with her, and then a lot of times we'd go out for lunch afterwards. Yeah. Oh, it kind of became a you know thing, a bonding thing. I went a lot with her, more so than like my mom and dad and my brother. I was I was there quite a bit.
3: Yeah, that's pretty cool.
2: Yeah, you know I, you know a lot
0: of people don't like you know the whole idea of you know children necessarily. Being, I, I, I guess a lot of people will consider it like brainwashing. Like you start a kid early going to church and, and then they, uh, they kind of learn that this is the thing to do. Uh, but I don't know, dude, I I've got no problem with it, dude. I, I, I remember as a kid going to church, I freaking loved going to children's church. I loved absolutely being able to you know, hang out with a bunch of kids my age and, you know, do some coloring and, and, and learn about the bible stories and it's just right. stuff and memories that you'll never forget you know uh learning about god and learning about the different bible characters and, and what they do and um, that kind of stuff and, and it just like i remember growing up being in a lot of plays and, and church productions like that you know children's plays or uh, play jesus or play paul or or play a uh you know jonah and the great fish or whatever the case may be um all that stuff was super fun as a kid dude just to be able to to be in an environment that is safe
2: yes you know? and in our church that we had was always small so everybody you I mean everybody knew each other i mean you knew the minister yeah. everybody, everybody it wasn't it wasn't huge it was a very small congregation so um and a lot of the kids there you know, uh, we went to, you know, some went to the same schools, you know, same schools I did at elementary school. And so there was definitely a lot of, you know, comfort and, uh, you know, so it was really cool just to, you know, you know, you knew who you were sitting next to, you know, or you go eat lunch with somebody sitting in front of you. And I always, that was the only thing I did enjoy, uh, you know, as far as our congregation.
0: Yeah. That's pretty cool though. So so we are it, it was pretty much then a community, a small community where everybody knew each other and helped each other out and where you had a chance to actually have some friends and have a good time. Right. It wasn't like it was something that was so so rigid where uh you didn't have a have a chance to still be a kid.
3: Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I I think that's so important man, be able to still be able to have a childhood you know even if you do grow up in church it's important to still have a chance to be a kid you know and I, to,
2: I i think that's i i i feel the same way i think that's so important that yeah you you can have both aspects you know you sure. can go there but you also get to be uh you know a kid in, in the same aspect
0: yeah absolutely yeah i'm all for that so um so did you how long were you in that church or were you you pretty much raised there or was it just a short, short amount of time?
2: I was there. I was there for, I'm trying to, maybe three, I I would say three or four years, three years, I think it was, okay. before I stopped going. Okay.
0: All right. Where did you, so did you guys just, did your family just stop cold turkey or was it like well, you moved from there to a, to, to another place?
2: You know, um, no, I actually lived there until I moved out. Um, so, uh, what happened was, and I didn't know until later in life, um, I was actually my Sunday school teacher who I at the time thought the world of thought he was like this really awesome guy. He actually, um, like came on to me and like, was like kissing me and touching me and, I at the at the time I didn't know, but my mom she had told me that I came home and said I was never going back again, and oh, it wow. took me many many years to step. I was okay going to church for a wedding, reception, oh. but what, it took me a long time to go to get back into the in the church to for you know, for you know to listen about God or you know the God's message. It took me a long time to come back. Yeah. I'd say it took me, honestly, it probably took me almost thirty years before I went back. No way. Yeah. That long. Yeah.
0: Wow.
3: Yeah. It, yeah. It was a long
2: time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So did anything come out of that? Like was there any uh confrontation?
2: Well, you know, I'm yeah. I've blocked a lot I I blocked a lot of it out. Yeah. And it wasn't until um I met Laurel, and I was always—I always had this feeling inside, like I was mad at the world, but didn't know why. Mm-hmm. And we went to a movie, and there was a—it was called Mystic River. And there was a scene that had to do with a a, a preacher who was with these young kids in a basement. And I—I I think there was something to do with his ring or something. But anyways, it triggered something, and then mm-hmm. everything started flooding back to. So I, at that point, you know, I talked to Laurel and I said, I think I'm going to seek therapy. I, I had a therapist I would seen off and on, mm-hmm. and went back to her. And sure enough, it was she put me in like in a hypnotist type state, and that's when I was able to see the stuff that he, you know he did to me. So, oh. um, so yeah, there it, there was a trigger, and that. But yeah, it still like I said, it took me forever to go back.
0: Wow. That's amazing, dude. So so I know a lot of people have that type of story where, you know, there was some inappropriate behavior um, done by somebody that, I don't know, that you're supposed to be able to trust, right? And and supposed to be able to, to rely on to, to teach you about God and teach you about love and how to be a good person and on and on and on. Um, and it's just the worst thing possible. Uh, when someone that has that position in your life uh, basically betrays your trust, right, and be, betrays your betrays your innocence, yes, you know, I'm sorry that happened, dude. That that's it, it's a story that's like echoed over and over again, and it really causes people to get to that place where they're just like, "But this shit can be real, right? right. Like, like God really isn't real, and that you know." This is all just a farce right um, it's a, it's a sad place
2: to be in man for the longest time i I took it out uh, I kind of took it out on God because yeah. you're always told that God knows everything that's going to happen before it's happened, yeah. so being his young kid, I was like, well, why did this happen? Why did he let this happen? You yeah. know he knew it was going to happen, why did it happen? why didn't he stop it? why you know so for many years, I was really. Wrong, I'm mad at the wrong person, you know because god God's a loving god he wouldn't he wouldn't wish that on anybody but for long it took me a long time to to really learn that yeah
0: so 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 with the therapy when when did you start the therapy to start um, going
2: through and I did it in two thousand and four
0: okay, so you were an adult at that point yeah and and working through it yeah and so so with the therapy, what are some of the if you if you feel comfortable Sharing, what are some of the the truths that you've gotten out of that that therapy that has helped you to move past the uh, inappropriate behavior of the of the
2: dude? I think a lot of it was just getting it out. You know, so many people uh, that it happens to, so many victims keep everything in because they think they're the only ones that's happened to, or they're scared to say anything because somebody will judge them Mm -hmm. and. I was at a point in my life where it's like, I don't want to live that way. You know, I want to, I want to be able to move on. And so she just, uh, basically, you know, helped me understand that, um, you know, it wasn't my fault. I didn't create that. I wasn't, you know, I didn't initiate anything, you know, Mm -hmm. and even though I knew that sometimes you really need somebody to, to tell you that. I mean, yeah. so many people try to battle it on their own and, you know what? There's nothing wrong with getting help. I just, I I am thankful for it. it. I mean, when I did that, I, Laurel and I just started dating and I was only like two months into it. And I can remember her one day saying, man, you are a totally different person. And, wow. and she goes, you are just a lot happier. She goes, you were mad at the world. And, and I was, and I could feel it. I was just angry all the time, but yeah. didn't know why, you know, not until, not until the movie that triggered a lot of the, a
3: lot of them. Yeah, that's
0: amazing, man, because, you know, there's so I, I'm a firm believer in therapy. I, I think that it's a great thing for for a lot of people. I don't I don't necessarily agree with it becoming so uh, commercialized as it is today. Like a lot of celebrities are like, yeah, I'm in therapy. You know, I, I don't I don't I don't buy that. But like there's people with like real shit going on and real things that they're trying to process that they need help from, and, and I'm one of them. Dude, I was in therapy for five years, and I know it's not a whole lot of time in the, in the grand scheme of things. You know, I'm only 37, but it helped me to be able to process things and to understand how to deal with my emotions and how not to be so quick to respond emotionally to things. You know, that's something that I got out of it. I do and, know I, I, I think that it's a very I mean uh, for, for you to go as an adult and just be like hey look I got some shit going on that I really need to deal with and I need some help dealing with it it's, it's super commendable you know because a lot of guys uh, you know the, you got the whole macho man syndrome and, and people don't like to necessarily ask for help but I think it's a very macho, commendable thing Macho macho man <laughs> <laughs> Sean makes an appearance again Um, I, I I think that it's a very serious thing and a a commendable thing for a man to say, you know what, I'm going to take my time through this and get some help and make sure that I'm better for not only myself, but for my wife and my family. Right. So.
2: Yeah, it, it, it really um, changed my life. I mean, I was, I was never, when I was before Laurel, I was never like, I wouldn't say I wasn't abusive, but I was very controlling. Had have things go my way so i had to learn how to let go of that and yeah. a lot of that you know i didn't a lot of that was stemmed from you know the issue that happened you know it, but yeah it was a it was a very dark time in my life sure
0: man i'm I'm glad that you actually went through the process of getting some help man because i mean yeah you, you get boys you know, I, I don't think there's anything better than a dad who's able to be in touch with himself and be able to <coughs> <you> know, teach, <laughs> be able to teach his boys that, look, man, feelings are not evil. Feelings are not bad or good. They just are. And, you know, here's a healthy way to deal with it. You know, you, you get really angry. Just go do go in the corner, do some fucking pushups. Right you know, yeah go <laughs> yeah. go, go do some jumping jacks, get the energy out, you know, start trying to think this way or think that way I, it's It's just so good, man, to be able to share that with your with your with your family and 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 help them be healthier without having to pay an arm and a leg with a therapist, you know
3: right,
2: yeah, a lot of so. my family they don't even know i mean it, i've I've only known since oh four, but I've never. Been, I, I did tell my mom, you know, because yeah. she kind of knew something was up. And she, I guess she said that she would ask what happened, why. And I, I, I just she said I would never tell her. So yeah. then when I really came all back, I said, hey, here here's what happened. Here's why.
1: Yeah. Well, so with that, I had to step out to uh, let my dog out because my wife is off with her friends at the moment. So I missed the meat of the conversation i feel like but having um having talked to you guys before i've kind of i think i know what you were talking about but like so you you know you just said like pretty much no one knows about this except a, a few people so i kind of want to ask like <clears throat> excuse me uh what now has changed to make you willing enough to say this on an open platform. I mean, we don't have crazy amounts of people listening to this podcast, but essentially it's going to go down in history in our archive and like people can listen to this. And like, I mean, I'm kind of curious as to like, why now are you okay with telling, you know, just whoever listens?
2: I, it's kind of long, same lines of, um, the way I coach uh, I coach baseball and it anything and even life in general, if, if you can reach out to one kid or one person, you've made a difference. And that's all yeah. I really want to do in life is make a difference in somebody's life. And, um, you know, last year at the fair, a kid that I coach, you know, we uh, coached nine-year-olds last year. I see him at the fair and the first thing he does, he come up and gives me a hug to me. I've I've reached out to him, and I've done my job because it meant something to him. And he didn't have to do that. And it's kind of this is kind of the same way. If you know, if you got one listener listening, and that's the one person that's happened to, and maybe it changes their life, then that's great. That's you know, you don't have to be afraid. There's nothing to be afraid because when you're afraid, and and when you don't, when you keep it to yourself, you're giving the person that has done the bad to you. You're giving them the power. You need to take the power back. And if it's opening up to a friend, a neighbor, anybody, you know, take the power back. And that's that's what I did. I didn't let it control me anymore. And I think that's important. I think people shouldn't be afraid, you know? They need, they should be, they should get their power back and, and be in control.
1: That's awesome, man. I got some totally. goosebumps when you said that no lie it's powerful though you know
2: what I mean but I I was and and when you when Laurel had told me that you guys wanted to talk I was so excited I'm like I finally get to tell my story because I've never told it yeah. and, and I finally get to tell it and if I get to like I said break through with one person you know then their life changes for the better that's all that matters so you're just using us
1: right now oh my god <laughs> no i'm not trying to steal the light from what you just said man that's i i appreciate that you know and that's awesome you know
0: no that is super cool man to to be able to get to a place where you can be open and honest yeah and uh you know and be comfortable dude there's there's nothing like it well and
1: what what better way to show that like and Forgive me if I'm stepping out of bounds here. And if I am, by all means, tell me I, I can take it. I'm a big boy. But like, it sounds like you have some freedom in that now.
2: Oh, absolutely. And I mean,
1: that's something it, to celebrate.
2: It, it seemed like when I, when I went through that, the, the, the weight of the world just lifted off my shoulders. And I was just like, I don't know, there was a whole new calming world out there, you know, I was always under so much stress and pressure and unhappiness. And when I was able to break through that, I I think it did wonders for when uh Laurel and I first met, I I, you know, just I was able to express all this happiness and things that I had kept locked away for so long. So I definitely, like I said, I it, it did it did wonders for me. I, I can't say enough
0: about it. That's super cool, dude. I, I just, I can appreciate the fact that I, I like overcoming stories. You know, it's it's like watching Rocky for the first time, which my wife hasn't done, by the way. <laughs> you know, you, you got this SMHing hard right now. That is.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I know.
0: I, I'm working on her. I'm working on her. I just got her to watch Pulp Fiction for the first time. You know rocky i you know i i said to her one day we were just hanging out doing something and she did something really good and i was like you're the best around nothing's gonna you know I started singing the song to her and she's like i love you but i don't know where that song is from <laughs> And then my, my, my heart sank into my toes I'm just like I have failed as a husband and as a man I need to make sure that you watch this movie So that you understand what it means To be the best around You haven't <laughs> failed Michael You've just noticed an opportunity now uh, Yes I have an opportunity To make her a better person in life Absolutely um, But uh, uh, for, for me this is an overcoming story This is a This is a good thing and to, to allow people to understand that they don't have to live in that place where they're beat down or that they feel like they are a victim or a failure or whatever the case may be. Like there's hope and that there's an opportunity to overcome it and you may not be able to do it by yourself but get a little bit of help and you can be the best around. Absolutely. You know, I think that's, I think that's what we can take away from that. So,
3: well, where uh, are we on
0: the questions right now? Um, I'm, dude, we are free flowing right now. Okay. so I am like anti rigidity right now. So I'm gonna ask. So, so where did you and and Laurel meet, or how did you guys meet?
2: Well, um, at the time, there was a she. Had, I went to high school with somebody that she worked with, okay. and her. The, the, the girl she worked with her dad was my brother's baseball coach and I've known them. We, I've known their family, that family for, I don't 10, 10, 15 years. And the, the girl's mom said, Hey, I have somebody I want you to meet. You guys would be great for each other. And I was coming, uh. out of, I was just coming out of it. <laughs>
1: I'm sorry but the best part of that was hearing it, Was hearing it On Kevin's end Because he doesn't have headphones in So it was like Blah and then like one Blah <laughs> Completely This is what I do Kevin you should know this If you listen to yeah. the podcast I derail Everything so I'm sorry yeah. Yeah, Continue. So no,
2: you're
0: good. Rude I can, I can hear Brooklyn saying
2: rude so, um, so yeah, she, so I was married and I was just, I, I was just separated and she's like, here, you need to call her. And I was like, oh, okay. You know? So at the time I thought, well, you know what? I just want somebody to go hang out with and do stuff with. So, um, like kinky stuff or
1: like what kind of stuff?
2: <laughs> no,
1: you don't have to answer that.
2: So, um, but you can I, so I decided Stop. I just want somebody like, you know, I was looking for somebody to go like the movies, hang out with. So I gave her a call and the very first night I called her, we talked for like an hour on the phone. Uh next day was two hours and then three hours. And after that it was the rest is history, pretty much. Yeah.
0: yeah. That's cool. That's very cool. All right. So um so sean to answer your question back to where we are on the the list um i i I guess we're just going with it how's your life changed post-church so you you were uh, it's safe to assume that you know with all the stuff that happened in that church and and you you know eventually becoming an adult and getting some help were you out of church that whole time or yeah
2: you were I was out yeah the
1: whole time well and, and was was that like the reason you kind of left the church
2: well yes uh, abs- yeah but I didn't know that until you know years later but yeah right because yeah. I don't have I don't have I can go now it doesn't bother me to go now yeah but Yeah, no that was but the way I got back into the church was you know Laura was going to this church and she was going with I it's think it's always a girl <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a song or something like that, <laughs> but she was going with um, her cousin and they were going. And at the time I was in running, like I was doing like uh 5k runs and she's like, Hey, you need to come with me. And I was like, ah, no, I'm not going, I'm not going, not going. No. Finally I went to like this Christmas show And the next series coming up was going to be this, they called it the runner series, but it was going to be about Jonah. And here I am running and I know it didn't relate, but I'm like, well, you know, Hey, I'll, I'll come check this series out for four weeks. I'll look at it, you know, and then I'll just quit after that, you know? Yeah. So, but I didn't, we, uh, we actually went for a few years after. So, so that's how I got back into it.
1: Okay. So are
2: you, are you in church
1: now? Like do you, do you regularly attend the four walls of a church somewhere?
2: Uh, no, no. We quit going probably, I want to say like two years ago.
1: So that Uh sounds intriguing. So what was, so not only have you left the church once, you figured some shit out, found a woman, life's going (laughs) better. And then you leave the church again. Do you care to (laughs) expound on that?
2: It was a very big, huge church and they were um they were getting to this like the tithing series and it was getting to be to where they like almost made you feel like you had to do it, otherwise you weren't contributing. Right. And I I think Laurel and I both kind of like came to a mutual understanding. We're like, hey, you know, this isn't us. We just because we don't give doesn't mean that you know we're outsiders doesn't mean that you know we're any less than the one that's given a hundred dollars you know so i think that's big kind of the big push on why we quit going right i get that when you
0: when it comes down to money and and if that separates you from god then there's a lot of people that's in trouble because um part of the the part of the uh, message of Paul was like, hey, look, you know, take care of the widow and the orphan and the poor. <laughs> and, and for me, in my mind, it's like, well, that had nothing to do with tithing or giving. It just had to do with just being Christ to people that didn't have much. And so if you have people that are coming to your church, whether they get a whole lot or a whole little, you know, if they choose to give or not to give, that shouldn't disqualify them from being inside of the community. And as far as I'm concerned, when it comes down to giving, hell, there's a lot of people that, at least the way that I've always taught it, there's a lot of people that give their 10% that can't afford to give their 10%, and then their lights get cut off. And there's a lot of people that give their 10% that can afford to give 20% and then they don't. And there's there's people out there that give the 10% and they feel justified in all of their behaviors because they give their 10%. And at the end of the day, the common denominator is just money. Right. And so I, I've, I've always been the proponent of, you know what? if you can give 10%, give 10%. If you can't give 10%, but you can give 5 give 5%. If you can give 10%, but you really can give 20 then go ahead and give the 20 But, if you give nothing, but you still love God and you still love people, good God almighty, just don't live in that condemnation. Don't live in that guilt. Don't, you know... There's people that are just like, you know what, I've got the money uh, to give, but I'm not going to give it because the pastor is using that money to buy his next Rolls Royce. And I won't blame them one bit. Right. I you
2: think know? everybody should be treated equal, regardless if you give nothing or you give it all. I mean, sure. I agree. you know, you should. It, it doesn't make you any different. Well, here's here's 100%. kind
1: of a thought I was just having while I was listening to you guys. And see if you can, see if I can say this in a way that it makes sense. But like, so you're saying that <clears throat> they're talking about tithes and money essentially. And if you don't, then they're ostracizing you and like, you know, you should. And maybe you don't fit here if you can't. That, like, I'm a huge proponent of perception as reality. Okay. So at that point, intent is questioned because it's like, well, that wasn't our intent, well, that's how you perce- like that's how I perceived it, right, And you made me perceive it that way. So that's the reality, right? right. So along yeah. that thinking, like I wonder if they even understand well, here, first off, I wonder if like that's their intent is to be like, we only want people in our doors who will essentially give us money, right? Call it tithe, call it love offering, call it fundraising whatever you want to call it, but that's their intent. Like, I wonder if that was specifically their intent with the things you said, or this is what I kind of think is probably happening and is honestly maybe equally wrong, but they don't even get it. I think it's more of a, like, their intent is... Well, we, what we're doing is God's work, and we want to do more of it, and we want to do it better, and we want to have the money so that we can do more and reach more and blah, 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 right? Which is a good intent. I mean, no one can argue that that's wrong. But how they approach it and then is then perceived is, like, they don't even understand that it's, pers- like, if they could hear you, if you could go to the pastor and you could say, hey, go to minute 53. And listen to what I said about your church. That's how a bunch of people feel about you. But they don't even get that. Like, they don't even see it. They don't even realize that the way they're approaching to do these good things, air quotes, in ministry and for Christ and his, you know, campaign in, in the world and in life, that it's completely alienating and pushing people away. what do you guys think about it like do you think the because I I do think there are churches who their intent is I want to make fucking money I don't want to do hardly anything and I know I'm using God's name to do it I don't care but then I also think there are big churches and small churches who have a great intent right they want to do good things but the way that they come across is like fuck you man like I don't be a part of this shit (laughs) I ain't giving you my money. Like,
2: no, I totally agree and
1: those that. are both
0: big issues. You know what I mean? Yep,
2: totally, totally agree.
0: Yeah, you know, I uh, as from my perspective, I I look at it and say, well, you know what? I may not give to your cause financially, but you know, what if I come and serve and do something like if uh, you do a big drive where you're trying to buy a bunch of canned goods? What if I cu- I show up and and I open up those cans and I serve them, you know, cook some food and serve it. You know, am I ostracized because I didn't actually give financially to that? You know, if, if that's the case, then I have a problem with that.
1: Well, um, and all, most churches would say, no, of course not. Why would you even think that way? Again, the, the, my point is, like, they, the way that they're doing the ministry, in air quotes here, is like... It completely drives people away, and yeah. they don't realize it, so like <laughs> how are they going to realize it i don't, I don't know
0: yeah yeah no, I get that that there's a lot of people that are just like uh they you know you 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 it's very easy to get the sense from a lot of churches out there that if you're not coming up with cash then you're less than everybody else or you know you're just not part of the group and what's going on but that's not necessarily the case it's 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 not the truth and it shouldn't be the truth because the fact is is that the church um at at least in the bible where the were the the first church that was actually called christians the fact is is that they were ministering to those that were without not to those that had it. And I think that a lot of churches today only really exist for those who are, who are willing to fund their mission and not those that, who are not willing. And I think that a church that's centered around money is not really the church. That's my opinion. If you're centered around money, if, if it's all about how much you give on a Sunday or how much you contribute on a week. And they're, they're keeping a log because a lot of churches are like that. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, they, they literally keep a book full of names and people that are willing to give a certain amount and they want to see your, your, uh, they want to see your 401k or your, uh, your, your tax statements to make sure that you actually gave your 10% for the year. Um, to me, that's not the church. No. you know, But a lot of churches exist that way, and it's unfortunate. It shouldn't be all about money. It actually should be about community, and it should be about Christ. And if that's not the focal point, then you've lost me. I'm gone. Peace. I'm ghost. You know, I I don't blame you. I'd be out of there, too. If it was all about money, I'm out of there. If you take three or four offerings per service, I'm out. You've lost me.
2: Absolutely, I, that that probably irritates me more than anything. You know, you'll hear, you'll hear somebody say, "Well, they didn't get enough, so they'll pass the offing around again." And to me, it's that—that's a huge turnoff. I mean, that's yeah, that I—I I do not like that.
1: Yeah. Well, so I guess along with that, unless we want to keep going, <clears throat> um, I'm kind of interested in how has your interpretation of god slash church uh changed since you've been away or has it
2: um i wouldn't say it's changed i mean i've always i've always been a believer and um you know i do think things happen for a reason we just don't know what the reasoning is and he does and um i don't it it's not i don't think it's really changed the way I view or see things. I just, it kind of changes the way I I think or look at the church. You know, um, I've had people are, especially the older people. They're like, well, if you don't go to church, you're not really getting anything out of it. Well, that's, that's a bunch of crap. I don't, I don't believe that for a minute. I I can sit here and I can sit here and talk to myself to God. And you know, who's to say I'm not getting anything out of it. They, you know, I, I don't know. Yeah. So, I mean, honestly, I talk to him a lot. I, I always ask for his guidance, his help when I need it, you know?
1: Well, and along with that, I know so we interviewed your wife, <clears throat> the pres of the fan club. Shout out, Loro. <laughs> and you, you know, you guys uh hey. You guys have said similar things when it comes to church and why you're not apart and blah, blah, blah. So, like, do you guys uh, as a family try to, cause you know, we're our whole thing about church is it's not the four walls and it was never set up to be about the four walls. Mm -hmm. Um, so do you guys have your own form of church or like a Bible study or like talk about things or do you do it on a certain Uh, day or do you have a regimen or is it just as it happens?
2: it's just as it happens. No, we don't really like, Hey, today, let's talk about this, but no, um, you know, there'll be things that can come up and we'll talk about them and we'll, you know, get each other's views and opinions. And, and, yeah. uh, so, you know, you know, we, it's just as it comes up basically. Word.
0: So then I, I, I think the next question is pretty self-explanatory, but so do you still consider yourself a Christian, even though that you don't necessarily go to a church?
2: Absolutely. I, I will always be a Christian. You can, you can't take that away from me yes i can (laughs) you can try
0: (laughs) so so why though so so just if you don't mind just going into like why do you consider yourself a christian and why is it so strong that it'll never be taken away from you
2: well just because i mean there's so many things in life that you can't explain um and you know I, I, you know, I, I have a Bible by my bed. I read it on occasion, you know, I read the word. And so, uh, I'm, I, I don't know. How do I put it? Um, I'm just, I don't know. I'm just a strong believer. I just, um, it, you know, it may, it took me a long time to get there, but, um, I just feel that he's with me. I feel like if I, if I need, you know, something and, and I can talk to, I can reach out to him and he will guide me in the way I'm supposed to go. And uh, I don't know. I just I feel like he's always there. You're confident in that.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, You know. my dad always told me, he says, you know, son, as the older you get, you can count your true friends on one hand. And I don't think my dad has ever told me anything more confidently. And, and I look at Christianity the same way. It's like, you know, you, you have Jesus, you have faith in him. There's it, it's so strong. It's such a strong relationship that there's nobody that that is able to take that away or to argue out of that relationship.
2: Right. You know, I honestly believe that if it weren't for for Jesus, I, I probably wouldn't be here. You know that when I was going through that dark period, you know I was always a believer, and I would still ask him to help me. Uh, It just was a it was a dark time, and I you know I think I think he did great by I you know the Laurel and I are together because of that, and we we had a lot of uh, you know she went through a lot of uh, she went through a little bit of a dark time in her life too, and I think we were able to relate to that and you know to bond and and to um support each other.
3: Yeah. So here's a
1: question <clears throat> kind of in lieu of what you just said raising your boy how does or how has or how is whatever the things that each of you gone through and I guess we should focus on you cuz we're talking to you right now but like how how do you think that's affected how you raise your son? Or has it?
2: Oh, it has. I I make uh, conscious efforts to, um, you know, like, uh, you know, like I I hide my feelings or hid my feelings, and to him, you know, I don't, i kind of make him express them, you know. Um, yeah. If something's yeah. wrong, I say, hey, what's wrong? What's the matter? And I won't let it go. You know, if it's, I won't. I'm not just going to drop it. You know, because he doesn't want to talk about it. And but I don't. I'm not evil about it. But I'm like, hey. Tell me, you know, let me be your friend here for just a minute. Tell me what happened, you know, open up to me. So, and that's one thing that I didn't do. And my dad was never kind of, he was never an open person either. So that's one of the things that I've kind of instilled in him. Um, always, I guess the other thing is, is even uh, even though I was done wrong, I've kind of have Ethan, you know, look for the good in somebody, you know, mm. There's a lot of bad people out there, but you know maybe maybe somebody had a bad day. You know, look for the good. Do do something nice for them. Maybe and maybe it changes their life. Maybe you meet a lifetime friend out of you know. So just by communicating with him, like I said, I didn't have that with my parents. They we never sat down at the table and was like, oh, how was school today? What what happened today? What you know? And that's one thing. First thing we do, especially when school's in. we'll sit down, have a school, you know, what happened? Did you have a spelling test? How do you think you did? You know, mm. we make sure we have a no uh, electronic policy when we're at the dinner table. So it forces us to talk. So nice. therefore we still have that communication and I can, and we can get to, you know, to bond. And, uh, but that's, I, I make a, a conscious effort. I, I really have to though, because sometimes I I don't and, then things start going away, you know, the other way. So I have to make a conscious effort to be open and, uh, you know, so he doesn't have to go through the things that I went through, basically. Right. You know, don't be afraid. You know, the other thing is don't be afraid to talk to us. If something bad happened, and even though you think you're going to get in trouble, and you might, tell me anyway. You know, you're going to get more trouble keeping it in. So, you know, tell me, tell Laurel so we can help you. So I think that's just a big part of what I do different compared to, you know, what I did before. Yeah.
3: No, that's pretty cool.
0: So, um, so, so with everything that's happened in your life and the, the, um, (laughs) we still heard it, even though you moved the mic. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Just think um, of how loud it would have been if I didn't move the mic. It would have been extremely loud and impressive, by the way. <laughs> um So so how has your interpretation of God or church changed since you've been away from, from church? Or or has there been any any different difference in your opinion of church or God since you've been away from church?
2: My opinion of the church is I wouldn't say it's a bad thing, but I don't I don't think everybody has to go to church in order to be a, a follower or believer. No. And um, I think that's, you know, kind of where I'm at. I don't I still believe I, you know, I still we still talk about it on occasion so that you, you don't have to be in there. You don't have to sit in a pew to, you know, I I remember I think. I don't know if it was my grandma or something. They were like, Oh, you, you're not going, you're not learning. You know? And I don't, I don't believe that. I don't, I don't believe that at all. I think you should, if you believe and you know, and, and you, uh, I don't think you have to, to be sitting there. I, I,
3: you know, and I don't know. I mean, that's, that's about all I, I don't know. That's about all I have on that. Yeah. Well, I think we agree.
0: I you know, we're in we're in the same boat. Uh, do you miss any stop. part
1: of the community aspect from church or were you when you were going to a church were you involved in any of like not just Sunday things but like community kind of driven things with the church like do you miss any of that if so?
2: Um you know I I always wanted to. I was always a little too afraid to volunteer. Um I missed you know the only thing I do miss uh when I was a kid we always had a church that everybody knew everybody i when when we went when I went with Laurel, it was a huge church i mean it was massive and and I only knew a handful you know very small people, so I do miss the fact that everybody at this other church was kind of like a family you know we could you know i I did miss that aspect of it, you know knowing everybody or not everybody but just knowing people and being comfortable talking and and yeah to lunch with them and that i i do i did miss that i really that was really different for me um when you go to this church that has an upper and a lower deck and you might have i don't know five thousand people there as opposed to you know before i had maybe a hundred you know uh. so that that was quite a difference
0: <laughs> right yeah. It's amazing that we, you know, out of all the people that we've talked to, nobody has said that they really miss sitting in the pew. Yeah.
2: I you mean, I, I think, I mean, I don't miss it. And I don't think it makes me any less of a believer than the person that's there every Sunday.
0: I, I agree 100%.
1: Well, if I can ask a question, and I, I want to know kind of selfishly, because I know my opinion, and I've said it on here, I don't know how many times, but like... once when you sat in the pew, like, did you feel like, like, how did you feel like when you went to the church and you sat there and you gave that service, your time for that day, a part of your life,
2: like how did, how did you feel? Um, it just depend on the message. Sometimes I left and I was just like, you know, why, why, why did I sit here for the hour? You know? Yeah. And then there, there were other times where I was like, man, that felt like that spoke to me. I, I'm kind of, you know, that message is kind of what I'm going through or thinking about right now. But there were, yeah, there were other times where it's just like, I guess I was there, you know?
3: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that. that's
1: why I don't miss church at all. like church, the way that people in America do church. And when you say church, that kind of church, like, I, I don't miss that at all.
2: Yeah. I know. don't either. Because you know, uh, you know whatever that issue is, you know you. I don't. I don't want to say it's a waste, but you almost feel like it's a waste. You wasted your your time and you know being there when you could have been at home and like, hey, Sleeping. you know, yeah, yeah.
3: Eating eggs and toast. I don't know. <laughs> Oh, reading God. the bible
1: for yourself with your family you know, right. I, I don't know anything no.
0: so uh, do you i don't know we, we ask this question of people do you do you tell people that you're a christian is it something that you you know that you kind of wear on your shoulder as like a badge
2: of honor or i'm not ashamed of it you know so when people ask you know you know what's your denomination you go to church, I, I always tell them yeah i'm a christian You know, so yeah, I don't, I'm not not ashamed. There's, I don't feel that I need to be. Yeah.
3: You know, yeah,
0: get that. So, not necessarily that's something, a conversation that you necessarily lead with,
2: but. Right. But on the flip side, I don't wear a name tag that says, I'm a Christian, you know. (laughs) 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 Well, you're doing it wrong then, bro. Uh,
3: Yeah, that's (laughs) how they say.
0: Sacrilegious you heaving, uh, so so uh what is it that will get you back into church do you, do you like do you consider going back or are you pretty content you know being where you are
2: i'm pretty content but i don't know i think i'd feel more comfortable in a smaller a smaller setting i don't know the whole big set you know like when I was in the, sol- in, in, the, in the church, when I went as a kid, you know, they talked about tithing, but it wasn't like an important issue. You know, it was, you know, whatever you had, cause it was just the fact that it was smaller and yeah. um, you know, we, they weren't constantly growing as far as like, we're not going to add another auditorium here. We're not going to do this. I felt like it was more about his word uh, more so, whereas the other church, you know they just added another huge they just they just added on here, just um, back in June, they just finished it up, and it's just like i I understand this to you know that they're growing in people, but at some point, I don't know, I'm not comfortable with huge churches at some point you know when when is big too big, you know when is it all about that's what she said never, yeah, yeah, i mean let's let's get. <laughs> Yeah, let's let's talk about his word. Let's not worry about adding on this auditorium or let's let's not add this huge gymnasium, you know, yeah. for no, you know, I don't know. I just I feel like they're more about growing the, the church itself, not the people. Yeah, but I would I would go back if somebody, you know, if somebody said, hey, uh, you know, come come with us to service, you know, I'd I'd go. But I, w- I'm not gonna ask to go. I'm gonna, I'm not gonna be like, oh, <laughs> can I get up at eight in the morning and come sit with you? You know, I'm not gonna do that.
1: And hope that it's worth my time and that the yeah, yeah, preacher so. actually honors honors the fact that I'm a human adult
2: with a brain. <laughs> but I'm probably more comfortable out of the church than I am in. Yeah. No, I get that completely.
3: You
0: know, me and my wife were talking. You know just about whether or not we'd be willing to give up our weekend again to really serve in a church and, and do the whole thing. And it's like, you know, I, I enjoy waking up early on most days. Well, And, and like, like, you know, on any given Sunday, 7.30, 8 o'clock, we're, we're up. We can go to any church there is because we're awake. We're able to do it. But there
2: is zero desire. Yeah. And that's that's how it is with me, too. Of course, I'm not one that likes to get up early. But if I did, um, yeah, I I just I don't have any desire. Yeah.
0: It's just uh, I don't know. I'd rather get up in the morning and, uh, you know, just be a family and just, you know, do what we got to do, you know, for the day. So. I don't know. I, I, I listen to Prophet Pillow. Prophet Pillow, Evangelist Sheets, <laughs> Apostle master Mattress, you know.
3: yeah.
0: I'm, I'm all good with that right there. That's good enough for me. So, all right. So, so the, the, I guess the last question on the interview list is, uh, how do you live out your faith today, you know, as part of the unchurched community?
2: um you know just uh i just basically know you know if i get in the jam i can i can ask for his guidance i you know just i feel that he's with me when i need him and he guides me in the right direction Yeah. i just you know i just i feel like he's there yeah so i i I just you know every now and then i reach out to him and you know, say help me, help me. You know, guide me. What am I supposed to do today? Where am I going? Yeah. And I yeah. Li- and that's and that's how I live day to day. Um, you know, just some days more than others. Yeah.
3: So not necessarily a
0: lone ranger, but you know, you got your God in heaven that's willing to to help you and right and walk out this life together. Absolutely. And I'm sure you rely on Laurel as well. I mean, the two of you, yeah. um, you know, support each other in your faith.
2: Right. Yeah. She's never she, she is pretty wonderful. I mean, she's never judged me in, in anything, you know, um, going through what I've gone through. Uh, she supported me in the fact that, you know, when I didn't when she kept asking me to go to church, you know, she was it was never. Um, she was never upset or mad and didn't cause any arguments. She always was very um, understanding. She knew why, uh, you know, why I didn't, why I wasn't there. And, you know, I, that in itself is pretty awesome that she was able to, uh, you know, support me. And then she, you know, she did finally get me back into it. You know, I, it's because of her that, you know, I got back into church and, and you know, renewed my faith. and um so yeah so we we work well together right.
3: that's awesome dude
2: to
0: be able to have a show. wife that supports you and, and doesn't doesn't beat you down or try to guilt you into doing some shit that you know you don't necessarily want to do but it goes a long way so that's awesome dude well i'll tell you what kevin you are one hell of a guy thank you and I, it, it's a huge pleasure that I got a chance to meet you. You already know Sean. Yeah. But uh, next time I'm down and so ill, we gotta we gotta hook up and have a Miller Lite together. <laughs> yeah,
2: there you go. Maybe hey, you come out and check. Uh, you gotta got come out and check the deer heads and the coyote. Yeah, I got to see the rest of the man cave, bro. Did she tell was, you uh, about the full body mount coyote? Or I got I got it one that's a full body mount that's standing on a rock.
0: Oh no! I don't think I saw that. Oh, I—I okay. I, I think when we were facetiming when I was down there, I think she showed one that was on a stand. This one here. I think that's the one that I saw.
3: Yeah.
0: But that was it. Yeah. So yeah, and then you know we were—I was supposed to bring my guns down there and do some skeet shooting. Um, uh-huh. but. I don't know. I got on the road at a, at a time where it's so it was so early. I just completely forgot all. I forgot a lot of stuff. I was gonna bring my my shot, my twelve gauge. I was gonna bring my my uh, my my handguns and my, my pellet gun. We were gonna do some small game hunting. I was gonna shoot some squirrels for Sean and let him get him. I totally forgot <laughs> everything, man. Drink I forgot it all, man. <laughs> Dude, we would have had squirrel for dinner had I brought my my pellet gun. Because I, I got a, uh, i I've got a, a a crossman that's uh, that shoots. It's a it's a single. It's a break action barrel, and it shoots twelve hundred feet per second. Wow. That's a powerful gun, and I don't, dude. I've taken so many squirrels with that gun. It's just a a small, simple pellet gun. But you know, a, tw- a twenty two is only a what it. On a low end, you can get a twenty-two with fourteen hundred feet per second. Right. You know, I mean, they get they get a lot stronger than that, a lot more powerful than that. Uh, but hell, my pellet gun, twelve hundred feet per second, deadly up to seventy-five yards. I've got no problem with it. <laughs> no problem with
2: it. Have you done skeet shooting before? That's that is. Fun.
0: Oh yeah, I love skeet shooting.
2: I did it once uh, a few years ago. Uh, I loved. That was fun. Yeah,
0: that's fun. it's a lot of fun. I started ski shooting way, like, way long time ago when I first got my Mossberg. I got a Mossberg 500 uh, it, with a pistol grip and a collapsible stock. And um, it's got a, a, a little band on, a, on the side where it'll hold uh, three rounds or five rounds. But the, uh, the stock holds or or the barrel it'll hold three it'll 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 have three in the chamber five on the side so i love that gun
2: it's not as hard as i thought when i I always thought it was like really difficult but when i did it man it didn't take me very long to catch on
0: yeah you gotta get your eye your eye
2: trained right i thought it was like really really hard but it wasn't nearly as hard as i thought
0: well see that's why i like shooting out of my pellet gun because it gets my eye trained through the scope i got a nice three by nine scope on my uh On my pellet gun, and it helps get my eye trained for hunting season. So, you know, once it's time to go out there and try to get a deer, my eye is pretty much trained at that point because I've been shooting at enough squirrels.
3: Right.
0: So, as far as I'm concerned, that's the way to go. Several years ago, uh, before we got this house at my old house, I uh, actually, before we were married, so this was probably six years ago, um, we had rabbit for Mother's Day at my house how did that go over oh dude <laughs> me and my brother were the only ones to eat it <laughs> everybody else had chicken and burgers and brats and all that stuff but uh for mother's day i'm like you know what i'm gonna throw out these rabbits I'm go ahead and eat these rabbits uh, it was rabbit. just, just me and my brother that ate it but yeah man i love hunting
1: yeah, love fishing
0: it's a way to go
1: me me too
2: you yeah. hunt for those. Uh, you hunt for those IPAs,
0: don't you? Yeah, absolutely.
2: Sean does. <laughs> uh, you want to? You want to come back
1: to so Soil? We can show you how we do skeet shooting. Cool. I full, do. I do. We're full of beer. Go right before the sunset. You're out there shooting skeet when it's kind of dark. It's good. Good time.
0: Yeah, I'm not trying to fire off guns in the dark, but yeah, yeah. I understand it's not what you're dark.
1: saying. dark. You know, it's dusk.
0: Yeah, that's a little too, a little too hillbilly for me. I want it to be broad daylight. But yeah, you know, whatever floats your boat.
1: Well, it's broad daylight when you go, and then you don't even know, bro. I'm not, I ain't trying to explain myself
0: to you. <laughs> it's a little, it's a little dark by the time you actually get something. <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, so yeah, whatever. You know, what I mean, you be judging. You
3: ain't never it, did it.
0: There may be a spot. Hey, listen, like uh, like the convenience says, if you're hunting and there's a spotlight involved, you might be a redneck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've never I've never done that. <laughs> OK, I'm just saying if it's dark, you need some light somewhere some from somewhere.
1: It's not dark. It's getting dark. And, you know, the skeeter orange. Uh huh. Makes for a fun little little time. Have a few, yeah, you know, pound no, six you. Miller Lights, and you're feeling good, and you're like, yeah, let's just fucking pull. Boom, 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 you know.
0: No, thank you, but, yeah, thanks for the offer. <laughs> Whatever. It's all good.
1: Eat your good rabbit, example. you douche. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin, do you have any last words before
2: we let you go here? No, I just hope I get, I I hope the president of the fan club, I hope she's pleased. I just, I knew it was going to be a tough, tough act to follow.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I think you did good. (laughs) You did mighty fine, brother. You did mighty fine. I love this interview. This is awesome. Thank you. Thank you for coming on. Yeah. being willing to be honest and open like you were very honest and uh, we really appreciate it and hope that it helps a lot of people.
2: I, yeah, I do, too. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah, thank you guys for letting me, you know, for having me on. Absolutely. It was nice to, was nice to finally tell my story, you know. I, um, yeah. Like I said, I was so excited to be able to tell it or, you know, when Laurel had said something to me. So, yeah, uh, I, hope, I hope it touches somebody. I hope somebody gets their power back and and is able to, you know, move on with their life. Full show. Sure. Yeah yeah.
0: Alright, brother. Hour and a half in. Alright. Let's put a bow on it.
1: Put good. one on it. Actually, we have a new recording from Kevin's wife, the president of the fan <laughs> club. And she's gonna put a bow on it for us. Yeah. Sounds good to me. Alright, dudes. It's been yeah. real. Alright. Peace. Peace. See you guys.
2: Unchurched fam, this is the self-appointed
3: president of the fan club, Laurel. Here you can find more episodes and content at
2: unchurchedpodcast.wordpress.com. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at unchurchedpod. If you enjoy our conversations, please subscribe on iTunes or follow us wherever you listen. And don't forget to leave a five-star rating; it helps other listeners find us. Thanks.
3: See you there.